Father God, we thank you for all that we've been given. Lord, we thank you for the seeds of faith that are in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for the invitation of Jesus to confess with our mouths that he is Lord, to believe in our hearts that he raised from the dead, and so be saved. Send your Holy Spirit that our hearts be softened, be shifted by you. Amen. Uh, we're coming to the end of our, our looking at what, how we're a holy Catholic apostolic church. If you've been here regularly, we've been working our way through that. Uh, we're on. We're, I'm talking about being an apostolic church today. And then David Lloyd, uh, the previous curate, is going to come along next week and tidy up my heresies and put it all back together again. Something like that. So we're going to talk about how we pass faith on today. How we're passing faith on. And really what I want to talk about is I want to talk about the two smartest conversations that I had last year. The two conversations that I had that made me feel like I was really intelligent and clever. Because that's really what this is all about, isn't it? Making me look good. One was with a youth worker called James Fawcett. We'll get to that later. But the, uh, the first one was with Professor ooh, Robert Beckford. Everyone come across Professor Robert Beckford? He does Channel 4 documentaries on, on faith and such like. You may have seen him on TV. Yeah, I hang around in good circles. It was the Hampton School Founders Day. Now, you may not realise this, but in July every year, we have Hampton School descend upon this building, and we have something close to 700 people fill this church. It's incredible. There's, there's boys everywhere. The church is absolutely packed. For three days afterwards, the church stinks of teenage boy. It's horrible. <laughs> Just like Lynch deodorant and B.O. combined. <laughs> it's horrid. But anyway, every year they tend to get someone in to preach. And last year it was Robert Beckford. Um, and we were chatting away after the service and we got in the car and we drove up to Hampton School. And Robert was explaining how there are some theories out there, there's some research done that suggests if a church isn't too evangelistic, if a church doesn't try to reach out to its community too much, if a church is quiet and soft and gentle, then actually a lot of the community will identify with being Christian. They'll see baptisms go up and weddings go up and funerals go up and things like that. It's a theory put by a woman called Grace Davy, sometimes called vicarious religion. That if we're quiet and we do religion here, then we do it on behalf of, of the community. And then I said, because I don't agree with this, that's not what I'm, this is not what I'm proposing. I said the smartest thing I said all last year. I said, yes, but Robert, it's not a question of identity, is it? It's a question of soteriology. And I felt big and clever. It's not a question of identity, it's a question of soteriology. Soteriology is a posh word for what it means to be saved. Robert, yes, we could do church in here all soft and never reach out and not do alpha and not do schools and not do hod roasts and it might be fine. And yes, people may tick the more bo the box on the, on the census thing that says, yes, I'm a Christian, but they won't be saved. They won't confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and know in their hearts that he's raised from the dead and therefore be saved. I'm not in the job of making more people feel Christian. I'm in the job, and we're all in the job, of seeing people turn to Jesus and be transformed. 
Too long has the church hoped that everyone around will believe. That they'll call themselves Christians. They may live a better life. I'm not interested in you coming to church and feeling good and feeling like you can live a slightly better life. I'm interested in you coming to church and discovering that Christ Jesus is the bread of life, the light of the world, and transforms you. You are not here to feel better. You're here to be renewed and restored. We're here to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Some of us, we know Jesus as Saviour. We like Jesus as Saviour. We like to say, Jesus, yeah, yeah, you can, you can save me, you can lift me up. But we don't, don't know Jesus as Lord, as the ruler of our life, as the captain of our ship, as the person who transforms everything about us. We like Jesus who hung on the cross and we can, we can put all our, our bad stuff on him, but we, know, we need to know this Romans passage says that he raised from the dead, that he defeated death, that he gives you all new life and be restored. So that was my first conversation. It's not about identity. It's about soteriology. It's not about identity. It's about are we saved and are we saving the second conversation I had last year that I was really proud of, this is just me boasting really, was with a guy called um, James Fawcett about the nuns of Ditchingham. Have you come across the nuns of Ditchingham? Anyone? No. So the nuns of Ditchingham, Ditchingham is a, there's a convent in Ditchingham called All Hallows. All Hallows Ditchingham has been a convent for 160 years. They are brilliant, the nuns of Ditchingham. They created schools, they created work programs, they reached out to the local community, they really transformed that little region of Norfolk that they're in. But a few years ago, they started to realise that they were all getting elderly, that they were down to less than a dozen nuns, and they had this big convent that they couldn't look afterwards. And so the nuns of Ditchingham decided that they would run a Dragon Den-style way of giving away their convent. They decided to give away their convent for free to whoever wanted it. And me and my friend James and a couple of other people had a conversation and went, I quite like a convent. <laughs> Should we get a convent? And we decided that we would try to take this convent to be a venue for youth. That there would be a group of young people living in that convent, praying between the ages of 18 and 25, praying and living in a religious order. And then also it would be a retreat centre for teenage, school-age children. Because in Catholic countries, you often, in like year 10, go off on a retreat to a monastery. And it's, it's part of a way of sharing faith. And we don't do that thing in church Finland schools for some reason. Maybe we should start doing it. Anyway, there's... Turns out the church army were having a similar thought, and a large church in central London, who has to remain nameless for various political purposes, also had the same thought. And we all got together. And I stepped back at that time because there was some really, there's adults in the room, and they didn't need me. And you know, they got the convent. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. So there's a new movement being launched called With Ditchingham, which will be a convent for young people, for youth. Now, the heroes in this story are not my friend James or Tom or Jamie or the guys who did it. The heroes of this story are the nuns of Ditchingham who had the courage and the bravery to hand over their convent, not really knowing how it's going to be used. 
There's no covenants on it. There's no, there's no terms and conditions. They're just like, here's a convent. Use it for the glory of God. Use the, the gardens that we've tended for decades. The hall that we cleaned for 40 years. The chapel that for 160 years our brothers and sisters have broken bread and shared wine. Have it. The passage we read said, how will they know unless they are sent? And at the time of Paul, most of the world didn't know Jesus. And so they had to go out. But we now live in a world that pretty much every corner of the world has heard about Jesus. There are some Amazon tribes and stuff like that, but I don't think that's our calling. But what we're losing out on, what we're sent to now, is people who think differently to us because of their generations. We're in danger as a church globally of not being sent to the next generation, of not passing the baton on, not being like the nuns of Ditchingham, and living the same way again and again and again. Uh, Leslie Newbegin says, um, it is not enough for the church to go on repeating in different cultural situations the same words and phrases. New ways have to be found of stating the essential Trinitarian belief. We need to find new ways. We need to pass the baton on. When was the last time you spoke to someone who was different from you and you used the word Jesus? It's a challenge, isn't it? Not when you stub your toe. When you actually say it positively. And the problem is our hearts are in the right place. The problem is we cherish our faith. We cherish what we have. We cherish the way that we, we are together. And to hand it on is scary. We want to hold on to it. I'm pretty sure the nuns of Ditchin wanted to keep their chapel. To hand it over would have been scary. But unless we hand it over, we lose. In 2016, the men's USA relay team did their lap of victory. USA flags over their shoulders, I'm sure there was some USA, USA chanting as the relay team had won the race. And it turns out they got stripped of their medals because they didn't hand the baton over properly. It turns out the USA do this over 20 years, nine times have they been disqualified because they're not very good at passing the baton on. They are the best, they are the fastest, they've got the best resources the richest country in the world, but the relay team cannot hand the baton on. We could be a team full of the best. We could be a team with the smartest, cleverest people in our church. We can do the best songs. We can be the best at events. We can love more, care more, sing more, but we will still lose if we do not pass it on. And it does not diminish what you have to pass it on to the next generation. The verse we had in Romans 10 finishes, How beautiful are the feet who bring the good news. How beautiful are the feet that bring the good news. And it's a quote from Isaiah. And the quote in Isaiah ends, How beautiful are the feet that bring the good news because God reigns. We can pass on our faith. 
We can allow a new generation to do church differently to us. A church to reimagine, a generation to reimagine church because God reigns. Because if they do it differently, God will still reign. Because if they do it in a way that we don't like, Jesus still died on the cross. If they paint the building a funny colour that we don't like, Christ will still have raised from the grave. Our faith sometimes ends up rooted in what we do rather than why we do it. I like that favourite song of mine. Let's not stop singing it. We have to pass on. And we can give the good news over to the next generation because we know God reigns. Therefore, we can trust him with the future. Some of us have been trying to control, to shape what the next generation will do. One of the things I love about Mandimba is we give so much authority to the Mandimbans. Why is it called Good Seeds? They chose the name. Why did Georgina get trained as a nurse, not the next person? Because they chose Georgina. We hand over responsibility to them. In the same way, we have to hand over responsibility to the next generation coming up. That's what apostolic means, to pass on your faith. If you're able, will you please stand? So I've talked a lot about my heroes, the nuns of Ditchenham. Maybe we all be a bit like the nuns of Ditchenham. We do a response like that. Be more like the nuns of Ditchenham. Hand on your faith. But don't forget the first part of this talk. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you believe in your heart that he is raised from the dead, you are saved. Lord, we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. We believe in our heart that he is raised from the dead. A friend of mine is a vicar, controversially says, I think Jesus has enough believers. I'm fed up with Jesus having more believers. He doesn't have enough disciples. And some of us here, we've been believers and we haven't been disciples. We've been intellectually searching for the goals. We've, we've intellectually ticked the box in the census that says Christian. But our hearts haven't been transformed. He's not Lord over our life. I pray you send your Holy Spirit now that will let go of trying to control our lives. And we'll say, Jesus, you are Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, where we are broken and we're trying to fix ourselves, we give our brokenness to you. May we die with you. May we know in our hearts that Christ raised from the dead And if he can walk away from the grave, so can we walk away from the troubles of our life. In your power, calm Holy Spirit. Convicting us that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Help us to believe in our hearts that he is raised from the grave. Come, Holy Spirit.